Morning and welcome to Vikings Territory Breakdown. Uh, another week in Vikingville. Uh, I'm your genial host, uh, Joe Oberly with VikingsTerritory.com and PurplePTST.com. And I'm joined with co-host Mark Craig from the Star Tribune and StarTribune.com. Mark, it's another uh, crazy week in free agency for the Vikings and maybe not so crazy for the Vikings, but crazy all over the place. We'll talk about all that, but I got to say, you know, the headline certainly from the, from the week was the signing of Zadarius Smith. And as a, as a Vikings writer and sports reporter, I, I have to say, I've never been so happy to see a player with a, an apostrophe in his name uh, on the Vikings team that I'll have to type over and mess up time and time again. So it doesn't bother me. I thought this was a huge addition. I hope he's healthy. And and uh, uh, if so, it'll be great because, you know, as I might have said somewhere, Ed, he, his cap hit is low. And I'll, I'll talk about that in a sense. But first, tell, tell me what you thought about the signing of Zadarius Smith, the Green Bay Packer edge rusher. Yeah, I was trying to think of other guys that have had hyphens in their or, uh apostrophes in their name uh there's got to be one out there someone will send it in to you and tell you that it'll be the greatest apostrophe player ever um i don't know I mean, we, there was a column in our paper um that uh, basically kind of crowned the vikings i think uh uh you know it could be a really good signing but uh you know I'm, i get locked up when guys i get stuck on when guys uh you know played 18 snaps and missed the rest of the year because of back surgery and back problems um, you know, that being said, uh, you mentioned the cap number. I think it's $3 million. I mean, it's a, uh, like with three years, $47 million is the total. So this year it's a $3 million cap hit. Um, that's good. That could be good this year if he produces, but it's, if, if he doesn't produce or he does produce and they, they end up muddling around 500 or a little bit below 500, you can add that to the cans that are being kicked down the road, the Kirk can, the. Thielen can, the Smith can. Um, yeah, but, but, Mark, but, Mark, on the other hand, the Packers are paying $11 million of his salary this year. So every time the bite that every time Zadarius Smith sacks Aaron Rodgers, the Vikings or the Packers are paying for that. They, they, they don't get any better than that. All right, devil's advocate. Uh, he gets hurt week one and he uh, doesn't play. The Packers are paying. 11, what would you say, 11, $12 million for him to take up a roster spot on the Vikings and they're not able to sack him. Oh, my uh, God. Why did we invite you on this show? <laughs> You're so wrong saying, for that, Mark. This, uh, I, I, you know, I, I thought I saw it writ written somewhere that it was, uh, this could be the, 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 the Vikings instantly have two of the, you know, one of the best pass rushing uh, tandems in the league. It's like they could. Uh, but one guy's played six games in two years. The other guy played 18 snaps last year. So, you know, this is a – I'm not saying it, it won't work out. If it, 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 it should, but we don't have access to the medical records. Uh, we don't know how much of a gamble they're taking on him. Uh, obviously, they're probably not they, – they feel pretty comfortable with it. It, it helps that, you know, uh, you know Petten's got experience with him. Uh, some of these moves that they made here this last week, it comes with – like all teams do. They there's an attachment to, to players from coaches that are now on the staff. So, um, you know, I, giving them the benefit of the doubt, this could be, you know, this could be very, could be a very good teaming of two extraordinary uh, pass rushers. Uh, but let's, you know, I want to see them 
be healthy. I mean, I, no one was a bigger fan than Daniil Hunter in, when he was healthy and just a, a freak of nature. Uh, I think I, I voted for him for uh, – I know I voted for, for all pro one year. Uh, it would have been 19, I guess. Uh, so I, I'm a big Daniil Hunter fan, but I kind of look at the fact that you know, we could be looking at the same type of you – know, when bodies start to break down, they, they break down. Yeah, that's possible. But, you know, the way I was looking at it is with Daniil, he had the neck injury to me, which was the biggest uh, uh, risk factor for having him on the team and continuing to pay him and paying that $18 million uh, roster bonus he got a few weeks ago. Um, and he's now two years removed of that. He played for us. He played for six games with it, and it didn't bother him. So, I mean, he's got another year or maybe that to, to, to get back to normal. The pec injury that he suffered last season is something that happens more than once, you know, around the league. I mean, you know, I, uh, Anthony Barr had when I believe we've had other Vikings that have had him and they come back from them. So I'm a little more bullish, knock on wood, you know, cross my fingers on, on Daniil Hunter. Zadarius Smith is yet uh, a real unknown and, yeah, it could backfire the way you say, and then then the Packers would have the last laugh, and and uh, that would not be so great. But you know, hopefully, he did get back and play in the playoffs, I believe. So he got back on the field, and um, you know, it's another thing. If if it works out, you know, health wise, I I think it's going to be great uh, on the field production wise. I mean, it, it solidifies that uh, that. Uh, uh, defensive line where you can almost throw, you know, not anybody, but you, you know, throw some decent players in and that's going to be a force. You know, you get a couple run stoppers and then you got, like I said, they're going to go for three, four, but you know, I think it's exciting. I think it will solidify the front if they stay healthy, of course, and uh, um, help out this, this core of cornerbacks uh, that they're bringing in. Speaking of which, well, I mean, did you have a comment there, Mark? Go ahead. Well, no, I mean, I just, uh... Yeah, it's a, it is exciting to to think about what can be. Uh, I think he's someone had mentioned, or he might even have mentioned he went through the Vikings Hall of Fame. Was look at the Purple People Eaters and how we're going to continue that run. And you know, it's, first, yeah, the first thing I thought of was um, two of the four guys that were the people Purple People Eaters are in the top six all time in consecutive starts. Jim Marshall's number two behind Brett Favre, and uh, Alan Alan Page is number six at. One guy played 270 straight starts. The other had 215 straight starts. So I know I, I'm, it's it, it's a technicality, but the first thing I think of, I guess it's the Bud Grant uh, factor rubbing off on me the last 22 years is durability kicks into my head the minute we start talking about what a person's going to do. Yeah, that's true. That's, you know, if you, if you apply that standard, then Kirk Cousins one of the greatest Vikings ever. I don't think that's true. Right. Kirk, Kirk Cousins, him gambling on his health has been the biggest payoff probably in NFL history when he re- relate production to uh, pay. Yeah. Um, you know, speaking of quarterbacks, uh, they brought one in and came in from green from the green and gold. Uh, Chand, Chandon Sullivan is, is now a member of the Vikings, uh, uh, a slot corner that they used him for last year and probably do that here. And, you know, at at first, that it's looking like the uh, Vikings are once again becoming Green Bay West with all their Packers signing. They have a history of it, and and the and the Packer fans love to rub it in. You know that the Vikings take all their cast offs or or what have you. And I mean, Brett Favre, Ryan Longwell, Darren Sharper, the list goes on and on. Well, you know now they got three head coaches 
that are uh, former Packers. And it stands the reason those guys are going to bring in some of the, the better players, I think, from, from Green Bay that they've seen and they've worked with. So I, uh, what do you think of that signing, Mark? I'm kind of – I'm our I'm our arthur. I'm not a big fan of all these Packers. But, hey, they, they've been 32-3 the last how many years, so they're a good team. So may, maybe it's worth bringing some of them in. Well, if you can't beat them, right, Joe? You join them. Oh, man. What you're saying? I eject your butt. It's on one of these keys here. You you were putting that on the tee for me. I mean, yeah, it's uh, look look. I I don't have a problem with they bringing in packet. If you're bringing in Brett Favre and you're bringing in Darren Sharper and you're bringing in uh, Ryan Longwell, uh, why not? I mean, uh, I, I can't think of yeah. There's not that list of Vikings that go that way. But the but the there are some, but not very many. Yeah, but the Packers have always been a team that build through the draft. They you know, whenever you find a quarterback, you know, and uh, two quarterbacks, and and spend thirty five years with not having to, to worry about that position, you don't. You tend not to like have to be scrambling and bringing in people like like other teams are. But you know, I like this guy. I mean, it's you know, when they went into the off season, they're desperate at cornerback. I mean, there's no, there's nothing there. So you get the you get a guy who started twenty, I think twenty uh, twenty one games. 20 over the last two years, he's a slot corner, which means probably Mackenzie Alexander's not coming back. Um, so to me, uh, I don't think Mackenzie played all that well last year. Um, I don't think the defense at all mostly didn't play that well last year. So this is a guy who knows the system. He's familiar with Petten. He's, um, they like him as a slot guy. He's got experience. He's 25. His cap number is one, you know, is under 2 million. So when you're in this situation, um, and you can't on day one go out and get um, drawing a blank on who the number one corner was, uh, but uh, uh, the guy from uh, New England got a, a ton of money. Yeah. If you don't, if you're not in a situation where you can go out and get a 25, 26 year old who's the best guy on the market, then this is a pretty good move. And it, he's got experience. He's got the he's got the low cap number. So we'll see if he can play. Uh, he instantly gives you the most experience you have right now on your roster. So they're not done at corner. They're not done adding bodies, but uh, you know, this, these are the kind of moves that they have to hit on. And it looks like a good one to take a chance on. And you know, it's not bad bringing in, you know, if you've got a coaching staff that made that you're familiar with, you know, it's not going to be such a big leap for him and he can come in and be kind of a, a leader helping, you know, maybe, the younger players taught through the language of these new guys. I mean, Ed Donatello and, and Mike Smith both came from – well, not Donatello, but Petten and Smith came recently from the Packers, and Donatello was there a long time ago. But, you know, I, that, that's a step in the right direction too. And uh, the Vikings then, you know, later in the week, they, they brought in some more uh, defensive backs. Well, they brought in uh, offensive lineman Jesse Davis, we can talk about in a second, but two more cornerbacks. They signed Nate Harrison. And then they re-signed Ty Smith, who was on the practice squad last year. So, so it's nice to see them bolstering that position with some bodies. I'm not, you know, I'd love to see him have Patrick Peterson back here, but I'm not sure that's going to happen with his age and maybe the cap number that he would require. But that would be nice because I thought he played well last year. He's, he's a proven commodity, and he, he was probably a leader in the clubhouse. So maybe, you know, who knows? Maybe he comes back at a deal later on. But uh, um, so. The bottom line is they're they're getting some depth in there. So and with I you know my estimation that the front is going to be so good, I I think it's uh it's going to help. Maybe you still do draft a cornerback in the first round despite all these guys. Oh uh, yeah, oh for sure. I, I think absolutely. You you uh, if, if the 
if the best corner or the, they're that that's if if the guy is sitting there that um, you know we're talking about how deep the corners are and uh, and what they're looking at possibly having there at number twelve or where they pick uh, you absolutely you take a corner because it's not just you always need more but to me uh, like you don't go get a I don't you don't go get a Patrick Peterson now you you kind of wait I don't know what what kind yeah. of interest he's getting around the league that's the kind of signing that you see come after the draft because I think teams are starting to now to fill themselves fill their holes. You don't want to fill everything or overfill because you got the draft. Like if a Peterson comes in and you feel like uh, this this uh, guy Sullivan can start, uh, you or it could be the slot guy, and then you get a number. You say your number one pick, he should be able to start right away. You don't pick a corner at twelve and 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 bring him along slowly. I don't think so. You got to look at how all these pieces are filling falling together. Maybe Peterson is a guy you get down the road uh, to to carry you. Uh, to, to the next year. So, and yeah, he played a lot better than we than I thought he would. And uh, I think he probably still has some gas in the tank. Yeah, I, I agree. I, you know, I maybe uh, I'm surprised Peterson hasn't gotten more, you know, I haven't heard where he's visiting teams or anything and, and, and taking a lot of meetings. But I suppose I, I think he probably maybe wants too much money. Uh, yeah, it's too, it's too much. You know, I got 8 million last year. I don't know what he's asking for now, but it, it starts to, you know, you start butting up against the draft and it's like, you know, it's, uh, you got to, you know, when you're that age, you're asking for that kind of money. You know, it's, uh, you're not going to be signing in the first wave or second wave. Absolutely. The other guy they signed that was kind of a, a big deal was uh, the offensive lineman, Jesse Davis, uh, played with Miami last year. Uh, and uh, Kevin O'Connell said this week, uh, they had the meetings down in, uh, down south, they had all the team meetings, and and I think that's where he said it. But he said that there was going to be an open competition at right guard, and you know it may be seen as where this new guy Jesse Davis is the has got the front runner, but he's got Wyatt Davis, another Davis, to to challenge him for it. It would be nice to see a real competition there and someone really decent come out of it. We know so little about Wyatt Davis at this point, and. I heard earlier that uh, the whole pick of Wyatt Davis was a sore spot between Zimmer and, and uh, Spielman, and there was a report that Spielman might have ignored some uh, some intel on Wyatt Davis and picked him anyway, despite the fact that uh, maybe he was too injured and coming up. I don't I don't know I don't know what it was, but so I probably shouldn't be repeating it. But anyway, uh, Davis versus Davis at right guard. They they got a big hole there, but uh, they got some bodies. Hopefully, it's a good competition. What do you think, Mark? Well, I mean, I, you know, the, I've never met a coach that's, especially in this kind of situation, where it doesn't say it's going to be an open competition. But they're bringing in this guy. He's going to be 31 in September. He's got 72 starts. He's played guard. He's played tackle. He's a tackle-sized type of guy at six six three twenty. Um, he's he's the. It's his job to lose. I mean, Wyatt Davis. I know people. You know, you're, you know, you you seem to be. You could be his agent. I think uh, you, you you kept his name in the news. I think. Uh, but it's like, beer. I kept his name in Mankato beer. Yeah, there you go. There you go. Fifteen twenty-one. There you go. So uh, to me, Wyatt Davis is you know this this team has no attachment. This team has no attachment to him whatsoever. Uh, he was picked by a regime that didn't have a lot of uh, that that struggled at times picking uh, offensive linemen to try and f- to f- build that offensive line you know side to side the way that they wanted to. It just never happened. So uh, to me, that you know that you go out and you get this guy. Uh, he's got the experience. He's got. Uh, he's the guy to beat at right t- at right guard right now. It's clear, you know that, that to me. But 
if he comes in and he doesn't, he's out of shape or he's whatever, then yeah, you got you got some other guys. You got the Schlotman guy that they signed. Uh, You've got uh, Wyatt Davis. They're not just going to throw him away. So, yeah, there'll be some competition there. But I would say uh, someone's got to do something pretty special, and this guy's going to have to do something pretty awful to to not be that uh, – or, or you, if you draft someone in uh, and he's able to play. But I just don't see a, a guard at number 12 that's going to come in and start right away. So uh, I think he's your guy. That sounds good. It's their talk that he's better at pass protection than run blocking. So we'll see how that works. Uh, hopefully uh, Kirk could use all the help he can get back there. Um, but that'll take a quick break uh, here at Vikings territory breakdown. Uh, you know, you can get a chance to, to drink that Mankato beer. Like you're supposed to do. That's what we want you to do. Um, we'll be right back with more uh, chatter on what's going on with the Vikings this week and free agency and, and, and everything else in, in a moment. Okay, we're back at Vikings Territory Breakdown with Mark Craig from the Star Tribune. And Mark, uh, Vikings are always making news. There's always something to, to go on. And there's a there's a, a, a line from uh, Koisi Adolfo Mensa's uh, presser this week that, that stuck out, not just in my craw, but uh, plenty of uh, scribes picked up on it. Uh, he, he named what was going on with the Vikings this offseason as a competitive rebuild. Competitive rebuild, and so I'm. I'm wondering, you know, uh, I kind of know what he's saying, but I guess I want to know what your take. In fact, what the heck is that, and uh, should we be happy about that? <laughs> you know? Joe, this, this is the Joe. This is the new NFL, man. They they got all their phrases now. The phrases are, are spot on. I mean, it was uh, when uh, you know with Zimmer, it, you know, uh, well, with the relating to the players, you know, not uh, not co- not leading from fear and all this stuff. Um, the collaboration. So the, all the talking points are there and, and the man is brilliant. The man is, you can tell he's probably too smart to be in the NFL, which he wasn't in the NFL for a long time. He was on wall street. So he has a way of, of speaking. That's uh, sort of like um, I always like when Mike Tomlin, you know, he came on the scene here and it was like, he would say things, he'd make a cliche sound exciting. You know, it's like, um, and he just had that way of, of talking. And this is a much different way. This is a much more, probably more cerebral way. Uh, of say a competitive rebuild and I get what he's saying, but um, I also kind of laugh because it's, it is, he, and he even said it's, it's trying to live in, we're trying to live in both worlds and that's, you can't really live in both worlds. Uh, but you also can't pitch. I don't think it's hard. It's harder to pitch a rebuild when you're muddling around 500 and you, you've just fired everybody uh, and you got this decision to make on your quarterback and you look around and you're thinking, we got to give, we have to overpay him. We clearly have to, if we want to like try and, you know, tread water, we got to overpay him. We're not going to be able to rebuild, but we're going to be com- super competitive or competitive. So, you, you know, they just decided to call it both competitive rebuild. So um, I don't, I don't see the the rebuild, but then again, I don't know that they needed a rebuild in, in the sense that you like, you're the Jacksonville Jaguars or you're the, Detroit Lions and you don't win a game, you know, like 08 Lions, uh, you know, they're not coming in saying we're doing a competitive rebuild when we're 0 16 the year before. So, God, I hope not. so the Vikings are this franchise that's stuck in the middle. They're stuck in, they're not good enough to, to make deep runs in the playoffs. They're not bad enough to be at the top of the draft or, or you know, just, you know, flush Kirk and his contract and start over. So when they made the decision to, to keep Kirk Cousins, 
at $31 million on the cap. And he's the, that's the fourth highest in the league. And one of those top three is uh, the Falcons paying $41 million for, for Matt Ryan to play in Indianapolis. So, you know, a lot of things going on with quarterbacks in the NFL right now between the trades and yeah. swallowing cap money. And, 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 and to me, given Kirk Cousins, this kind of money and, and kicking that, you know, that contract a year, another year down the road. So, uh, you know, the, the Vikings are basically saying, let's say once they decided on Kirk, you know, that was, they couldn't, then they had to pick up Daniel's contract and they had to, and they, and then they ended up uh, taking that $18 million roster bonus and making it a signing bonus, which, you know, helped them get other guys and bring in Zadarius Smith. And um, so you're, you're trying to win now. It's um, this is not a competitive rebuild. I don't see it as a rebuild. I see it as a run back. They're going to try and run it back and they're banking. They're coming out and basically saying, and they kind of did this in their introductory press conferences, is that hey Mike Zimmer couldn't get the Mike Zimmer sucked couldn't get the job done Kevin O'Connell's coming from the Sean McVay genius tree he's got the answers and he's gonna do what Zimmer couldn't do they might be right I mean they, I'm not saying they're wrong but it has to be proven on the field otherwise uh, you didn't you you kind of you didn't rebuild and you're gonna be kind of back in the same spot next year but I you know. Once they decided to do that, they, they they kind of they didn't go back and forth. They didn't like like if they would have done that and then said, and okay, now we're not going to uh, pick up Daniel's contract. It would have been all these different mixed messages. But they're they've been consistent in what they want to do, and that is uh, they're you know they feel that they can win with this coaching staff and win you know, quickly. Um, I, I agree with you. You kind of said what I was going to say is that the moment they made that decision that to do what they did with Kirk and not do anything different than that. They were not, uh, they're not tearing it up. They're, they're going to rebuild. They're going to, you know, or they're going to try not rebuild. They're going to try to, well, your term is running back. I, I'm calling it a retooling. You know, I, I don't like running back. I don't want to go backwards and go back to where we were last year. They got to retool this thing. A lot of ways, lot of ways they are. You know, yeah. yeah I, I know. And I'm not exactly happy about that, but, uh, yeah, they 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 made a decision there that you know, and, and you know, you had the owners who said we can win with this with this talent, so they they were kind of locked in there. I, I don't like the idea, like you said earlier, of trying to do both. I just, you know, I, I I was I was welcoming a blow it up to a certain extent, and you know, now that I see what they've done, I'm happier that what they're doing as opposed to what I see polls doing down in Chicago, where they are kind of really blowing up the Bears down there. I I'm I don't know. I mean, I, at, at the outset when they got rid of Zimmer and Spielman, I thought, okay, this is our chance. Let's let's suck for a year, maybe two, get some early, good draft choices, maybe tie into a decent quarterback for the future, like you see Joe Burrow happening here, and you see all these other teams, specifically in AFC, that, that are just locked into a, a, a good ten-year run with a great quarterback that they can build around. That's what I was kind of hoping for. Um, now that it's happening, I, I I understand that you know, Kirk is not he's not uh, he's not a trash quarterback. He's a decent quarterback, but he's not the kind of guy that's going to get you maybe to the next level. So I like watching a good the Vikings win football games. So I guess I'm going to be happy come August, you know, come August and September when they start playing. But uh, you know, there was a part of me that was 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 ready yeah. for a blow it up. Well, I, I don't I don't I mean I don't necessarily. 
automatically equate keeping Kirk with being uh, winning games. It's kind of that's you know that that's I, I'm just saying that that you win with Kirk, you win you win half your games. You literally win half your games. It's been proven that way. You know, I, and where you know where my well, the problem I have with Kirk is the, is the amount of money, the investment that you have to put into him to the point where you can't do the things that you want to do with the defense. You can't make the, you know, they're, 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 they're trying the best they can. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, I'm not saying like when you rebuild to me, rebuilding would have been, you know, kind of getting out of that or trading him, getting what you could and then taking it. it now that it comes with the, uh, you have to be pretty sure that you're able to go out and get a, a one of those uh, mid-level quarterbacks for half the price and put that money into your defense and, and your in your your offensive line, you put you know get you know, rebuild in that way. And I'm not saying that you automatically have to to suck for two years. I'm saying that right. to me, doing a rebuild might have been a uh, we'll just throw out some names: Marcus Mariota or Teddy Bridgewater or um, Jameis Winston. When these guys were all available, uh, even Trubisky, you know, giving them and again, Kirk's a better quarterback than all of them. Yeah. But this league, when this league put a salary cap in. That became a factor in how you build teams. It became a huge factor in how you build teams. So those guys at a, at half or less than what Kirk would be making, you know, and this is all assuming that you know that, that I'm sure that somebody would have traded for him, but they would have had to take less than you know probably what they want. Uh, and then you have to bank on, hey, we got to get one of those other quarterbacks to come in here. Uh, we got to trust your coaching staff to to be able to get them in, up to speed and and get everyone. Of course, everyone's starting at the same spot, so that would have been a little bit easier. Uh, that's my my thing is that it didn't necessarily have to be a rebuild in that. Hey, we're going to be the seventy six Buccaneers for two years. Wow. Uh, it could have been, hey, we're taking a step back from this gigantic uh, quarterback contract. We're going to spread that money around, and whenever we do finally get a younger quarterback. Uh, and, and be able to build around that quarterback. I mean, the Bears are able to kind of do what they're doing because their quarterback's on his second year of his contract. Right. You know, that's right. a that's such a huge advantage in the NFL. If you can if you can hit on that quarterback, but you know, when the Seahawks, you know, Russell Wilson, his second year, they go and they they win the Super Bowl. You know, so that was on their rookie contract. Then uh, then Russell Wilson became when they weren't winning Super Bowls. Russell Wilson's contract and Russell Wilson's attitude or his desire to leave became too much to deal with. So you trade him and you get a lot of re- in return for him. So you're always uh, how you, how you're able to build a team or how you're able to maintain a team just depends on where you're at in that, in that blossoming, uh, the exploding uh, financial structure that it is when it comes to paying quarterbacks and the Vikings are in a, in a kind of a rock and a hard place with a, with a guy that's good, but getting paid like a, like an MVP. He's getting paid more than the MVP uh, cap wise. Yeah, Im- imagine if they don't uh, competitively rebuild. Who wouldn't? You know, wh- I-, I love those choice of words. Who wouldn't want that? A competitive rebuild that they they can st- they can still rebuild their team and stay competitive. What well, maybe besides the point? Uh, you know, what would have happened if they did decide to blow it up and all of a sudden Justin Jefferson's looking around and going. WTF dudes, you know, I mean, he starts once to uh, run down the, the road as soon as he possibly can as well. 
um, because he would have had Sean Mannion throwing passes to him. And thank God they re-signed Sean Mannion this week yeah. as well. Well, I mean, yeah, well, you look at – yeah, I mean, with like Justin Jefferson, you're looking at what, you know, that feeling, you know, the, how, what he's been getting paid, what Kirk's getting paid. Um, this, this is a guy that's going to – he's going to want – and then all of a sudden you look at the receivers, Devontae Adams and uh, Tyreek Hill get this money. I mean, this guy's going to cost a lot of money. They're setting themselves up kind of, aren't they, Mark? You know, maybe for that contract coming down the road, maybe. I don't know. Yeah. I. Well, yeah, I mean, these teams, they're always looking. I mean, Spielman, they look three years down the road. I'm sure these guys are looking down the road. I mean, Brzezinski the, is the consistent guy here. So um, I'm sure they're looking. They, they got that on their radar uh, big time. Yeah, so I, I don't know. It was uh, – uh, it, the 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 more you see it happen, and the more you see what you're doing, you know they were over a barrel with with Kirk. They had to, they had to do what they did, and and they are making the best of it. I I, I think uh, Darius Smith is an if, but he's a huge move in rebuilding that defense. Um, uh, you know, maintain or keeping Daniel Hunter is huge for this team. It's another if. I mean, if these ifs work out, I, I'm going to be in love with what they're doing because they're going to backfill with some maybe some secondary players, some depth, and then maybe try to get some frontline players as we go forward. And maybe in a couple of years they are, you know, 10, 11, 12 wins. And uh, uh, Kirk is playing for $500 million, you know, <laughs> so he's really motivated. No, I'm kidding. But I, uh, I you know, the more I see – I, I think they're doing the best they can, and I and I'm and I'm so far I'm I'm okay with it, you know. As opposed, even though it was something that I didn't want, I wanted to go the other direction. Yeah, and I think people have to guard. Do have to also have to guard against, uh, like uh, when you look back at something, like like when when uh, Teddy Bridgewater went down and Spielman did what he did to get Sam Bradford. You know, now the, the narrative for a lot of people is, well, it didn't work out. They didn't win the Super Bowl. That's a terrible move at the time. That team was set up to make a Super Bowl run. It got absolutely the entire franchise, the city, the fans, everyone got sucker punched by one of the most gruesome, weirdest injuries you'll ever see. And they were left there with uh, uh, Sean Hill, I think it was. Yeah, Sean Hill. Yeah. And to me, that was that was a move that everyone at the time was on board with. Like, hey, we can't just throw away this team. Yep. Can't throw away this season. Can't throw away this team. This is the best that they could do. They got Bradford, who played, you know, pretty well until he um, hurt his at the, the the following year. Yeah. Um, but to me, then then you just can't because it didn't work out. It was a terrible move. So uh, I guess what I'm saying about the rebuild is that it, I felt like you could do some things, like you could add more pieces to the defense if if you had. I mean, this is, again, it's a lot of ifs as well on my part with if you could have traded Kirk and gotten something for him, gotten that money off the books, if you could have gotten another quarterback that you liked in here for half the price, it's a lot of ifs on both sides. So to me, I, once they made the decision, I like where they've gone since then because it's been real consistent. Um, and, hey, we're going to try and run it back or retool or whatever. We feel that this guy can get a lot more out of Kirk than – than Zimmer could or that Jay Gruden could. And, you know, I'm not saying that, that they're wrong because they very well could because, you know, it was not a good relationship between the two of them. And this is an offensive guy. Uh, it's a head coach now. 
it's going to, it, it should be a lot better. And, uh, but we'll see if Kirk can, can make that pay off. It's if he does, then, um, you know, the Vikings from, from the day they fired Zimmer till the, the day they raised the trophy would be, you know, kind of like what the Rams did last year in a different way. The Rams yeah. said, Hey, this is what we need to win the Super Bowl. Boom, 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 boom. We, they did it. The Vikings are saying, you know, we got rid of this regime, but this is what we need to do. This is what we think where we can be. To stay if competitive. If they, if they, well, yeah, super competitive, super competitive. I take super competitive as a, as a Super Bowl run. Well, you know, you know, Kirk, Kirk is the man, though. Kirk is is reborn. Kirk is 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 uh, alive and well in this new regime. I mean, you know, I saw a story this week in a place called Heavy.com uh, where they talked to some of the players about Kirk, and uh, the great quote out of there is, "Kirk is our dog." You know, some of the players, and I, I, I'm just curious. You know, suddenly. Uh, Kirk is their guy. I, I, I'm not sure I believe it all, but maybe maybe there's a new Kirk running around there with all his new money and his I, no guy yeah, looking I, over his shoulder chirping at him. What, what do you think of that? Mark? Well, I, I think that because uh, I, I looked it up, I I, I have to admit I, I'm not a heavy dot com reader. Uh, so when you sent that to me, it's, it's it was them writing about Ben Lieber's podcast uh, and Ben talking about uh, an anonymous player had told him that Kirk came to this meeting was just put. Players and some uh, after they fired Zimmer and Spielman and and did, did like a led a team meeting or something like that. Um, so and and uh, one of the players told Lieber, you know, Kirk's our dog. Kirk did this great job. I don't know. I, I respect Ben Lieber. I respect the heck out of Ben Lieber. I, I kind of wonder if maybe someone because he's a he is a team employee. He's he's uh he's no longer talking to guys that he played with. You know, he's far enough past his career that. He didn't play with any of these guys. It's not like he's talking to Greenway or, you know, after he retired and then there was still that core of players. But, uh, you know, again, I, I don't want to question, you know, whether the player was sincere or not. I don't even know who it was. But I wonder, it makes me wonder if they're not saying something to us. You know, Ben's an employee of the team. He's a sideline reporter. If they're not, like, maybe overdoing it, I, I don't know. Um, I have a, you know, I think – Kirk Kirk is a great passer. Kirk's a great, uh, you know, accuracy is tremendous. It, it's the leadership. Can he lead a team has been the biggest question. And I guess I don't want to question it, but I can say that the, you know, you don't see it consistently enough on game day. Yeah. Uh, you see it sometimes, you know, they had some drives last year that he stood up and like, that's what you're paying this guy for. But there's too many times where the flip side of that is he disappears. He disappears whenever he's called on to be that guy. And if you do it enough times, suddenly your record's a little under 500. You miss the playoffs. The people who are giving you this money, they they get rid of, they fire everybody. Um, so he's just got to be that guy. He, I think he can do it. It's just got to – I mean, what I'm going through here in my mind is what that uh, Washington and, and the Vikings have been dealing with for 10 years. It's like – I think he can be the guy, but I, you know, I don't know. We'll see. We, I think we can do it this year. And then they go, they get, and they try. So now I think it's set up to where it's a guy that Kirk's familiar with. He spent a year as Kirk's position coach in 2017, which was the year that got Kirk a big contract in Minnesota. And so, yeah, it's, but he's just got to prove it. He's got to, he's got to be consistently that guy. 
the thing I'm going over in my mind is a vision of Kurt with sunglasses on and, and just coming in with all kinds of swag on and bouncing into the meeting and saying, yeah, dog, what up? Yeah. <laughs> I, I can see, I can see Kurt trying that, you know, uh, it's, it's sort of like, it's like, it's, you are who you are. And I, I, I sometimes I think Kurt tries to step outside who he is. Yeah. And, and it's, that's, I think white people, part of why people kind of look at him a little different, like, I don't know. It just seems like when he tries too hard, you can instantly see it. And like, um, you know, when Joe Burrow walks in and does what Joe Burrow does, it's right. like nobody goes, that's forced. If Kirk tried that, I mean, it, it's, so it's just, we are, we're all who we are. You know, we can't, you kind of got to stay in your, find a way to be your leader inside of your, your zone, I guess. Yeah. Your lane. Not, it's not an image I want to keep thinking about. So in that regard, we'll take a quick break here and we'll come back and we'll, we'll go over some of the uh, headlines that are happening around the league and free agency and comment on them. So see what's going on. We'll come on right back to Vikings territory breakdown. All right, we're back with Vikings Territory Breakdown. Mark Craig from the Star Tribune. Mark, uh, another exciting week in uh, 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 NFL free agency. Uh, let me bounce down to some of those first before we talk to the, about this other, you know, potential rule change. But, uh, you know, Tariq Hill was traded to the Dolphins this week for uh, 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 quite, you know, I think it was a, a number of picks, but uh, is that right? And, Five and, picks. Yeah, five picks, and he's got a, he's got some uh, some nice chin coming his way too. You know, it was it was it was heading into uh, Herschel Walker territory, so it, it's uh, it, it it was it was quite remarkable, and um, it's going to inform what happens probably down the road with uh, with uh, Justin Jefferson. What would you think of that trade, Mark? Uh, yeah, I mean, a trade that wouldn't have happened even a few years ago. It's it's um I, again. It's kind of what the, the we're in a new new era with the NFL and the, the I mean you look at all the, the draft picks that have been traded. I mean uh, they were treated like beyond gold, you know, for so long. And you know to see someone give up. And now you know the Browns give up three number ones for a guy that might be suspended this for a chunk of this year. Um, you know I I, I liked that the Dolphin. It, we're also seeing that you can get some win win true win win trades. You know, the, the Rams obviously won with that trade last year. You know, their victory's already secured. But the Lions still have a chance to win with what the bounty that they still have to spend on what they got for, for Matt Stafford. Yeah. Um, to me, you know, I, I like that the Dolphins got uh, a couple years ago, back, you know, 100 years ago, and whenever we were in locker rooms, you could go locker to locker and talk to guys. I did something on, uh, you know, who's the most exciting player in the NFL? Who's Who's this? Uh, all these different questions, and it was, you know, when we got to the most exciting player in the NFL, it was Tyreek Hill. And and typically guys will find, they'll look around the locker room and they'll find what, their their teammate to say. It was, you know, to a man, it was Tyreek Hill. He's most electrifying, most exciting player in, in the league, and he might still be that player. But to me, and I like that the Dolphins got that. The Dolphins are swinging hard for the fences right now um, at but to me, it's like I don't mind what the Chiefs did. The Chiefs, you know, for a 28-year-old guy that they probably got the best years out of, they get a number one, a number two, and a number four this year. Wow. They get a you know four and a six next year. This is this is a I mean that's kind of what you get for quarter the Vikings when they got that for I mean that that's kind of stuff you would you would assume you'd get for a quarterback. And here 
the 28 year old receiver. Uh, and, and also he, this is a guy that's going into his contract year. So you, you knew that you were going to have to pay him, you know, they ended up getting uh, four years, uh, $120 million. I think 72 million of that is in the next three years. So now you're talking about him getting that kind of money up to, a, you know, on the doorstep of his 32nd birthday. So the chiefs, while they lose a great player right now, get all those really high, get, you know, one, two, four, and a four and a six. And you don't have to give him, I think you know, he's the highest paid receiver in NFL history. So you don't have to get up, you don't, you get out of having to give him, you know, $30 million a year. Um, again, that's, that's, that's maybe a short term loss, but a long term gain. And I think, you know, that the Chiefs uh, taking those draft picks can, can, he's a hard guy. You don't replace Tyree Kill. But Tyreek Hill is not going to be. He's not going to be this great. He's not going to be that great right. for that much longer. The way he plays, so I think it's a good gamble. I mean, they could lose out, and he could be a great player doing what he's doing at thirty-three, uh, and then maybe it doesn't look as good. But they're getting well compensated for this gamble, and I, I like the fact that uh, you know it's good for the Dolphins, but it could be very good for the Chiefs as well. Aren't these some of these teams though mortgaging their future for for this? You know, because I mean, Devontae Adams, Tariq Kill, great receivers, no question. Uh, uh, and they're in the upper tier, and there's a lot, of, and you got to put Justin Jefferson up there. And there's you know uh, this guy from uh, Jamar Chase from the Bengals. They're they're all going to be up there. But is the difference between that level and the next level of receivers that you can find is it that much different that you have to pay this? much of a bounty to get some of these guys on your team. And I guess I asked that in fear of what's going to happen with Jefferson because um, they're great, but I don't see Justin Jefferson as being so, I mean, so much better than other receivers in the league. He's, he's as good as he is partially because Adam Thielen's on the team and there's other weapons there. I, I don't know. I mean, the, the chiefs are going to backfill in with some, a decent receiver and they're not going to miss Tyreek Hill that. I really don't think so. I think I think they I think they miss him initially. Yeah, I mean Tyreek. Um, I know I said all that, but I, I like. I mean, I, I'm looking. I'm basing that on, you know, where is he going to be in three years, and what would you have to pay him for in three years? Where if you make the right choices, your your one, your two, your four, are going to be young starters that are going to be, you know, if you if you pick right, are going to be helping you win games. Uh, right now, yes, they would. They'll miss Tyreek Hill right now. Uh, that now. I mean, Tyree Kill is such a unique player that um, he'd be hard to replace this year. Uh, but and that's not to say that he can't be replaced in a way that helps the Chiefs keep winning. No. Um, they replaced the handling from the Packers at, for the, on the short term. Yeah. yeah, and how what other how they adjust things and yeah. you know how, their offense will have to adjust. But yeah, he's he's fantastic. He's one of the most exciting players in the league. Devontae Adams is. Also, is a special player, but you know he was on the team. Uh, he wasn't. He didn't have his bust out years until Jordy Nelson moved on, as we talked about last year. Um, and, and Justin Jefferson, I, I don't think he's just, he's he's is who he is because Adam Thielen's on the other side. Uh, Justin Jefferson is a special special player. I mean his his ball skills, his um, his ability to make catches in in these. And Thielen has this as well, and he's tight windows, and he's great crazy angles. Um, you know, I wouldn't I wouldn't say Justin Jefferson is just a. Uh, I'm not breaking any news here, but he's not just a 
a guy that's uh, a little bit better than uh, yeah. I, mean, I think he's a. I think he's up there. Uh, you know, he's. Uh, I had him as one of my uh, three All Pro guys. You should be his agent. Yeah, yeah. So I would love to be his agent. I would. I don't think I'd be talking to you very much longer if I could get a chunk of that next contract. Uh, you know, yeah. I, I don't know. It, it just. It seems like. I mean. The game certainly has is is changing towards the, the value of players to the to the wide receiver position. I get that, but each year there's a great receiving core coming out of college, and it you know if you can train them in right, and there's plenty of talent there. And uh, I just don't see these guys as irreplaceable as maybe you know really good left tackle is, or 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 an edge rusher, or I I don't know I I. I uh, I, I think I do think the Packers are going to be more hurt by what they're losing than what other teams are gaining. I mean, to lose you know, this is talking the other side of the court to lose Devontae Adams and their loss Scandling and and uh, you know suddenly their top receiver is Randall Cobb, who they brought off the scrap heap uh, last year, uh, uh, and maybe uh, Lazard. Yeah, that's right. I I, I don't know. I I just don't. Uh, you know, if if the the idea is true that the quarterback makes the receiver, and certainly it does in Green Bay, uh, they'll be all right. But then that for me takes you know that that then I don't think they're gonna the Raiders are gonna be so happy with Devontae. I don't think he's gonna suddenly make Derek Carr the best quarterback in the league. I don't know. It it just seems like there's they're paying a hell of a lot for these guys, and as a result, the Vikings are gonna have to pay for that. Oh yeah. Well, there, there's no question that, that the the Raiders aren't getting Devontae Adams with Aaron Rodgers. They're they're getting. I mean, Derek Carr is a good quarterback. Aaron Rodgers is a legendary quarterback. You know, you're getting you're gonna you're not gonna get the same. You know, the same stuff. But Devontae Adams also is a tremendous. He might be the best route runner in the league. Um, is a great player. So they're getting a they're getting an outstanding player, but they're not getting Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams together. And and now uh, Stefan Diggs is making some social media uh, the rumblings about watching all these contracts for for uh, Tariq Hill and Devontae Adams and what have you. He's unhappy probably. So are you saying that Stefan? There might be a day when Stefan's not as happy as he was when he walked in the door. Is that? <laughs> I, I, am, yeah. I thought everything was happy in Buffalo. You know. Oh God. It's crazy, that, and that just that just says more to it. Uh, another, uh, this wasn't such a huge headline, but uh, Andy Dalton is going to be the Saints starter for a couple games down in maybe down in uh, New Orleans. I I thought that's interesting that the Red Rifle leaves so Joe Burrow can take over, and he goes to Chicago and doesn't do much there, and now he's headed to uh, New Orleans. Any thoughts there? I you know I think Andy Dalton could do this for the next twenty five right. years. Yeah, it's like. Um, I don't, I don't know. I don't know the number, number of teams he's up for. He's up to now, but um, you know he came in as a second round pick. Uh, had, had a decent career. Uh, the, the Bengals, he's Cincinnati. They, they could they couldn't win any playoff games with him, but um, you know, and then he's just bounced and bounced and bounced. And uh, he's played well enough <clears throat> whenever he's gotten a chance to, to keep getting these opportunities. I mean, this is something that Christian Ponder could have done for years and years and years because once you get all those starts under your belt, you're suddenly you're the you're the grizzled veteran with the experience, but 
whenever you get an opportunity to play like Christian did on that Thursday night game. And uh, he was like the third string quarterback and he had to start the Packers game in what, 2014. And uh, that probably cut seven years off his career because he got exposed as, yeah, he's got experience, but he's no better than the practice squad guy. If you, if you get, if you come down to him, you're just as good going out there with your practice squad rookie as you are Christian Ponder at that point. So, uh, you know, Andy Dalton's probably getting to the point in his career where he needs to just kind of stand there and hold that clipboard and look smart, and uh, you can keep keep uh, they'll keep signing checks to him. Sean Mannion. Um, uh, this this last question I got to ask you only because I like to troll you with uh, old Baker Mayfield, but I saw a report where he re- reportedly turned down thirty million a season before they they went and traded for Sean Watson. Uh, uh, probably not a good move for a guy who's got this big house in, in Cleveland and he's part of commercials for, uh, any thoughts on that, Mark, what's going to happen with this dude? Is he going to just be hanging, going to be back up on to Deshaun Watson and see if he gets. Oh, yeah. yeah you know, he'll, he'll, he won't be on the team. I know they're saying that, Oh, we're in no hurry. Well then why'd you go get Jacoby Brissett? So, uh, Jacoby Brissett is the, is the, uh, is the suspension quarterback and Baker Mayfield will be moved at some point. But I mean, you got to look at where, where Baker Mayfield and his, uh, his reputation was just a year ago. I mean, my goodness, they, he played well. Uh, you know, he let, he helped the Browns to the playoffs. The freaking Browns went to the playoffs with 11 wins coach of the year. Um, they, they, they beat this, they beat the Steelers in Pittsburgh uh, for the first playoff win. And since, forever since 94 since Belichick was the coach and I was there and Belichick beat the Bill Parcells and the Patriots for his first coaching his playoff win so um and then uh you're talking about I forget what I was going to talk about uh take it back to you Joe yeah um uh, so all that yeah sorry then Baker Mayfield senior moment so Baker Mayfield goes back uh, and they they almost beat the Chiefs. They almost made it to the AFC Championship game. So to me, like uh, I don't I don't know that he turned down thirty million dollars. I think if you read into it more, you know, he was wanting maybe as much as forty million, and the Browns thinking maybe thirty million. I don't know if they ever got to the point where there was ever actually an offer, you know, for it. But but yeah, yeah. I mean, his his stock went completely downhill, and a lot of that was because he tried to play. Through, he played through an injury and. Uh, but he played awful. He was terrible, and he would say every week, "I played like, you know, yeah. I played like this." And the and the, Vikings, the Browns agreed with him, went out and it did this incredible deal for uh, for Deshaun Watson. So now, yeah, Baker Mayfield, and I think if he gets healthy, um, somebody could get a, a pretty decent quarterback. But I think you got to go in with a you got to protect yourself on your on the contract initially. And I think he's in a position now. He's like he's got one year left, eighteen. Nineteen million dollars. So, uh, be interesting to see where he goes. And someone might be, you know, might could get a, a decent quarterback that could go back on the upswing. But that's a big gamble. If you're going to, I would not be giving him a ton of money uh, without seeing a prove it year from him. Yeah. I, I I I tend to uh, think a lot of what was going on this year with him was the injuries, and so for that reason alone, I'm going to cut him some slack and hope that he lands on his feet somewhere because. Uh, I don't know what goes on behind the scenes. There's also reports of, uh, of uh, him being a crabby crab pot behind the scenes, but. Uh, oh yeah. I mean, that's everybody, everybody knows that 
I mean, his attitude, if he's not, if he's not on board with something, he's not going to hide it. Uh, I always said, knowing Cleveland's luck, Cleveland's history, the uh, Deshaun Watson ends up being a flop and Baker Mayfield ends up in Pittsburgh. Baker Mayfield wins like two Super Bowls. That would be, that is the fur. that would be the further uh, Cleveland luck, you know, having experienced it most of my life uh, that uh, I just thought, I figured where they would just, he's going to Pittsburgh. Whenever, whenever they made that trade, I was like, Baker's going to go to Pittsburgh to get healthy. They're going to end up, uh, you know, winning a couple Super Bowls. Well, that's why, that's why we're together. Yeah. I'm, I'm a Vikings uh, supporter from way back when and you're Cleveland. So we do have that in common, the misery, the misery index. Um, you know, that's all I got for football, but I do have one golf question this week. And uh, I don't know if you saw it, but Tiger Woods played a practice round at Augusta this week. So, yeah, he did. His, helico- his helicopter or his plane or so, his plane landed in Augusta or something. It was in the news. And and uh, for a guy who's uh, talked about at one point almost losing his leg, uh, you know, in that car. Yeah, you, yeah. He's limping back and he's going to play in Augusta. So maybe we'll get Tiger – but no Phil this year, so kind of a weird Masters, eh? Are they saying that he might play? Well, if he came down there and play, I mean, what's he what's he got down in Augusta for? If he's not oh, the, cha- the, ch- the Champions Dinner and all that stuff, I mean, they I could see him playing with his kid in the par three stuff like that, you know? Oh, maybe, maybe. I, I don't. I wouldn't think he'd be competitive. He's, he's working on a competitive rebuild of his body right now. <laughs> so I, I don't know, but uh, anyway, that should be fun to watch. Yeah, well. In the meantime, uh, you know we're gonna the bite. You know, they, God, I forgot to ask you the question I wanted to ask you. What is your, what are your thoughts on the changing the overtime rule for for uh, for for the playoffs? That they're get, both teams are going to be able to get their hands on the ball in the playoffs. You know, a, a rule that started after the 2009 NFC Championship between the Favre-led Vikings and the Saints, where Favre never got to. Uh, they kicked the field goal, and uh, uh, Vikings never got their hands on the ball on offense. And and the next year they changed it so that, which were the current rules, where you could, if they kicked the field goal, then the other team got to play. They got to uh, have the ball on offense and see if they could uh, either tie it with the field goal or score a touchdown. But now both teams get a uh, their hands on the ball. Both teams get an offensive series. So it, it'll, it'll be a little bit different. It's only for the playoffs, but uh, – any thoughts on that change, Mark? Well, I think there's always a, there's always a game that comes along that is the is the perfect storm game where things get changed. And 2009, it was that exciting game down at the Superdome where you know had the had the um, had the Saints scored a touchdown and Favre didn't touch the ball. Maybe we have that. We have the current rule now. You know, we have, we would have been like, well, both teams have to touch it no mm-hmm. matter what. Well, then along comes the, you know, as you and I were texting the Chiefs and the Bills game where, you know, the, uh, I mean, uh, Josh Allen and the Bills have this fantastic game. It's back and forth. It's one of the great playoff games you'll ever see. And they, they scored with, what, nine seconds or 15 seconds yeah. or whatever it was. And you were already saying it's over. And I've said, this isn't over yet. And sure enough, you know, they uh, they come down and they, they tied it. And then, and they win it, and then Susie, you, everyone, there's not a person that wasn't watching that game that was watching that game that didn't think coin flip is going to decide this game because it wasn't going to be a field goal; it was going to be a touchdown. And uh, so, I like that they changed it. Uh, the Vikings were one of the three teams that voted no because 
They didn't like, they wanted it to be a 15 minute overtime period. They didn't like the, um, both teams being able to possess the ball where and only have 10 minutes. Cause sometimes you see in these overtimes, if the first team, the first team may have the ball for, for eight minutes, you know, or whatever it is. So they, I think the Vikings, the Vikings, uh, they like the rule that both teams can touch the ball no matter what, but they don't like that. It's only 10 minutes. Why is it only um, they, 10 minutes? Well, overtime now are 10 minutes, you know, the over, uh, they changed the overtime rules to, to 10 minutes for player safety, Joe. It's uh, I would agree with five. that. I would agree so, with Vikings. So, yeah, it, it would have been nice to see it in the, uh, in the regular season, uh, just to see it. Um, now you know that there's going to be a lot of quick touchdowns and they're going to be, Oh, we should have put this in the regular season. Uh, but I, you know, I, I would sort of agree that, you know, let's make it 15 minutes because those 10 minutes seem to go pretty fast. There was somebody that I heard this week suggesting that they should just do it this way, but then they just start it where they left off at the end of regulation. If someone, you know, if someone goes for it on fourth down and doesn't get it and it remains tied and goes overtime, the other team gets the ball right where they were and they go back the other way, which is really, yeah. it would it really makes for some new, you know, uh, so, and, and such. But uh, so you they keep it where the where the ball was, like if it if the if the regular if regulation ends and the person has first and goal at the one, they go to the one. Yeah, that's what they're saying. Yeah. No, that's that 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 would be terrible. Because yeah, you would just be, you would. I mean, you'd get to the end of regulation, and someone would just take a you know, knee. Uh, or, yeah. I mean, I'm saying that that doesn't. That's too gimmicky. Just like the the, the one of the one of the proposals was, uh, both teams get possession of the ball, but the second team has to go for two uh, instead of kicking the, the the extra point. I don't like that either because because that, that that would be kind of if you're going for, for a back and forth game, that would be you know. The, the team that wins the coin toss should not just automatically win the game. And that's we're what seeing they're too, trying to mitigate. That's what we're seeing. Mitigate. We're seeing this a little too much of where the coin toss is too much right. of a factor. And uh, this is good. I mean, I think 15 minutes would be better. I mean, it was, uh, I believe the Baltimore game is when the Vikings went right down to the, within four seconds or something, I think right. of, of overtime ending in a tie. And uh, it's, it goes, that 10 minutes goes, goes pretty fast. It does. I, I, I saw one note where the last 12 overtime games in the playoffs, 10 of them have been won by the team that won the coin flip. So yeah. I think that, that's, that's why, that, that's why they're making this change. And, and I'm all for that to make it more even because it shouldn't, shouldn't come down that it shouldn't weigh that heavily on a coin flip on who wins the game. You know, so. Yeah. Because the, the game has evolved even since 2009, where the offenses are, you know, even more, explosive and, and scoring more. Uh, so it used to be, that used to be the case with the field goal. Cause you know, you win the coin toss, you get a two first downs or whatever, three first downs and kick a field goal. Well, now it's you get, and then you just put your foot on the gas and, you know, do like the chiefs did or chiefs did when they're beating the bills. It's um, makes for more exciting over time. Yeah. I, 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 I like it. I mean, uh, who wouldn't have wanted to see that chiefs other than people in Kansas city or the chiefs, you know, what, Kind of seen the the Bills be able to answer that uh, right that that quick touchdown because they would have, they would have come back and, and the way that game was going they would have done the same thing. Yeah, well, it'll be fun to watch see how it comes out. Mark, we're up against it here. The uh, the hour just clicked past, so let's uh, say thanks to everybody. Thanks, Mark, for for being here. Thanks, Mike Walden behind the scenes. Thanks, Joe Johnson for getting us going. 
And we'll be back here next week uh, with another Vikings territory breakdown and seeing what the what the Vikings have and what they'll do this week with what's left of their salary cap, which isn't much. So uh, thanks again for everybody checking us out, and uh, we'll talk to you then. Skull.